Today we continue our sermon series on spiritual gifts and wrap up our examination of speaking gifts. If you heard last week's sermon, you know that these gifts are not exclusively about speaking, but there is a considerable amount of it involved. Last Sunday, we learned about the gifts of evangelism, pastoring, and teaching. Today, we'll examine the gifts of exhortation and leadership. The New Testament word for exhortation means to come alongside, to aid, or to help. Exhortation is the spirit-given ability and sense of responsibility to encourage, strengthen, stabilize, counsel, and console others through the application of biblical truth. One of the best examples of someone with this gift is Barnabas, whom we find in Acts chapter 9, encouraging Saul, later to be called Paul, to use his gifts to teach and preach the gospel. Indeed, Barnabas was given the nickname, Son of Encouragement. You may have this gift if you notice that people often confide in you with their innermost problems because they see you as being sympathetic to them. People like to be around you because you cheer them up. You love to share particular scriptures with others because they are personally meaningful. You are people-centered. You enjoy being around people and are able to quickly put people at ease. You are not into the theoretical. You are a practical person. You're able to listen to the problems of others without feeling overwhelmed or depressed. You're not clinically detached. You empathize and get involved with others. You are a good listener. You are able to rebuke, to reprove, and correct as necessary. You are frustrated with teaching that is not practical. When you, when you teach, you want other people's lives to change now. You prefer to applying truths rather than researching them. Your tendency is to learn from experience and then validate with Scripture. This can be dangerous. Overcome this inclination by staying rooted in the Word. You accept people as they are. You are known as a relationship problem solver. In fact, you dislike strained relationships. You tend to make decisions quickly. This also can be dangerous. So this gift should be wedded with the gifts of wisdom and discernment. To develop this this gift, study those scriptures with practical emphasis, such as Proverbs, Study Job to see how and how not to empathize with others. Study Ecclesiastes to see the problems people encounter when they seek something other than God to meet their needs. Memorize verses which apply to common problems. Take a course on Christian counseling and read everything written by Larry Crabb and also the publications of Peacemaker Ministries. Your gift is helpful for pastoral counseling, support groups, conflict resolution, addiction recovery, medical settings and prisons. Given the brokenness of people and society today, this gift is needed now more than ever. 
Leadership is the God-given ability to set a common mission for people and to motivate them to work together to achieve that mission. The New Testament word for leadership means to stand before, to set over, to manage, to be in charge of, and to govern. The Bible is full of outstanding examples of people with this gift. In Exodus and Deuteronomy, we see Moses' skill in leading a large and troublesome nation, the people of Israel. Also, Nehemiah gives us insight on how to manage crises effectively. Paul understood the importance of this gift, and in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, he provides us with list of the characteristics the church should look for in its leaders. If you have this gift of leadership, you often find that people look to you when something needs to be done. While maybe not the most polished speaker, you are comfortable in front of large groups. You are goal-oriented, decisive, and clear. You know where you want to go and where others ought want to go as well, and how to get there. There is a danger here in causing people that you care more about the mission than them. You know how to delegate. It is instinctive. And you know how to match up abilities with tasks. You can foresee problems and plan for contingencies. For you, the good of the whole outweighs the good of the individual. This can come across as heartless and leaders must learn to temper their gift with love. Not only are you not afraid of responsibility, you actually seek it out, and you want authority to carry out your responsibilities. You take your responsibility seriously, and you pursue your goals with diligence. You know that your gift comes with a high degree of accountability, and that is okay with you. To develop this gift, you should study the great leaders of Bible and history. Pay special attention to Moses, David, and Nehemiah, and notice not only what they did well, but also where they made mistakes. Read the Gospels to see how Jesus led his kingdom mission while still loving people. Study the pastoral epistles. Take on leadership responsibilities, study management and leadership. Learn how, according to the Bible, the church is supposed to be governed. There is a tendency to think that church leaders are only those who are ordained or elected to some church office. But this gift is needed in ministry working groups and mission teams and in any group that sets goals. Now, this brings us to the end of our study of speaking gifts. But before I conclude, I offer this exhortation, which I confess is very convicting to me. The problem with these gifts is that there's always a temptation to think yourself rather clever and speak subtly, or perhaps worse, to say entirely too much. The great historian and philosopher of the last century, Will Durant, said, Talk is cheap because the supply always exceeds the demand. One of the lessons in history is that nothing is often a good thing to do and always the clever thing to say. One of my heroes, Winston Churchill, observed, 
If you have an important point to make, don't try to be subtle or clever. Use a pile driver. Hit the point once, then come back and hit it again, then hit it a third time, a tremendous whack. I think that the reason with the reason people with speaking gifts either say too much or use $5 words when five-cent words will do is that they rely entirely too much on their own abilities and not on the Holy Spirit. In Luke 12, 12, Jesus tells us that the Spirit will tell us what to say, even in the midst of adversity. Proverbs in chapter 15, verse 23, reminds us that wise and appropriate words can bring joy and delight to our listeners. In Ephesians 4.15, Paul admonishes us that we should speak the truth in love. This requires not so much a theological knowledge about God as it does a personal knowledge of God. Simple words spoken in love carry with them all the wisdom needed to humble the proud and all the clarity to uplift the lowly. Amen.